Hey guys, it's March, and you're listening to Hola Vichola, Hola Vichola, Casa de Dragon. Welcome back everyone to episode 8 of Casa de Dragon. I'm March, and I recap House of the Dragons on HBO Max. Now let's get into it. So, here we are at Driftwood, or Driftmark. And it's what? Six years. It's been six years. The time jumps. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. But I'll tell you what. They're doing it really well. I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad they were moving up. Like it's been six years. That tells me that the last six years are of the least importance. So thank you. Thank you for not having to go through every detail, which also in the book, it's just six years past. It's not that long of a time. So they're actually kind of staying true to the book and they're doing a good job. So moving on. Um, so we learn that Corliss has been at war at the Substones for the last six years. Yes, you heard that right. He's abandoned his wife and his family for the last six years. But to be fair, he's under the impression that two of his children are gone. That's got to take a toll on the marriage. He's got to go fight some more and get that pain out and grieve. And he definitely went to the Stepstones to grieve the pain and the loss of his children. You know, one real, one fake, but still pretty painful. So I don't blame him. But now... It turns out that, um, yeah, he's about dead, slit to the throat, drowned, and a fever. That man ain't coming back alive. Mm-mm. He's probably not even going to survive the passage. But the thing with that is, you know, once, you know, the ruler of, a, of an area is on his deathbed, all everybody else, all the little sprouts, everyone who's been budding to be on the throne start coming out. And here we have Vaymond, who's basically like, yeah, so, you know, those kids for Rhaenyra's kids. Yeah, we know those are bastards, right? So, like, I should be the one to own and um, heir this, heir this, inherit this throne. And Rhaenys is basically like, are you out of your damn mind? Like your brother isn't even fully dead and you're already thinking about who's next in line. And we already know I'm next in line. Um, I could tell that Vayman is not liked by Rainey's nor by his niece. So <laughs> there's that um, niece's daughter, <laughs> his grandniece, let's say that. Um, and then we have Damon, which, you know, I struggle with this so much, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you might too, is Damon, Paimon, is out getting these eggs from the dragons, and he is just, oh, I don't know, he's just, there's a fire that burns within to see this man get these dragon eggs, these three dragon eggs, um, for his children, I think, right? Or three dragon eggs. And um, just to see him, right, do this. And then him go and meet up with Ray. And we see that she's pregnant. 
So yeah, he got them for his kids. But she's pregnant. She's pregnant. Wow. I mean, fertile Myrtle, right? Yeah. Um, I'm just very uncomfortable with the fact that it's uncle and niece, but I am just very excited about Damon's resurgence to, you know, wanting to fight with his woman and for his woman, as we will see later in the episode. I just, I, I see him being so committed and lovingly, which it wasn't something I was expecting from him, but I guess, you know, once you find the person you love, albeit your niece, you know, it's, it comes through and it, and it's working. It's working. Anyway, <laughs> we're back at King's Landing because we learn that there is basically a bid for Driftbark. We have Rainice, we have Vaymond, and now we have the technically true heirs to Driftmark, um, Lucerus. And so they have to go to King's Landing, as you saw, to claim, reclaim the throne. And so we learn that King's Landing has changed much in these last years. It is but a shadow of itself now that the Queen High Septum has taken over and put in all of those seven-starred seals all over town. And basically, we have... Allison in the small council room talking to everybody and they're basically saying like okay well we have to greet everyone because they're all here for this mess that we've created and that we intend to make the most of and we see Ray seeing her dad and he's on 25% battery basically at this point and she's showing him his kid, her kids who are named after him and Aegon. And they're trying to talk business, but the king was like, I, I can't have any of this. This is too much for me. So, yeah. I can't imagine the king's at this time. At this point, at this time, I can't imagine the king's going to be available to do anything but just like lay in the aches of his body and ailments. So, um, one of the things I found interesting in this scene was that one of Damon and Venera's kids is named Viserys. And I once learned in a class that in other cultures, if you name a baby after a living person, you're basically telling them to die already. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty funny that Rhaenyra came and she was like, hey, I named him Viserys. Die already. <laughs> so now we're looking for the Prince Terror Aegon and he's been just terrorizing and raiding and pillaging King's Landing. And um, And yeah, they're all just kind of like, we learned that King, or we learned that Prince Aegon has, um, you know, graped 
the Diana, one of the um, handmaidens, and she's been given money and some tea. Is it death tea or is it moon tea? I think it's death tea. Many people think it's moon tea, but I, I, I'm going to go with death tea because, you know, we can't have anyone living to tell the tale. And I don't think Allison's as sweet as she thinks she is or as sweet as she likes to tell everyone or show everyone. And then we move on and we see Rhaenyra with her daddy again. And she's basically saying, like, please tell me, am I making the right choice? You made me you know, the air, and remember the, 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 the dream about the song and fire, the song and fire, oh my god, the dream about ice and fire, and Viserys is at 15%, so no, honey, he doesn't know what you're talking about, he doesn't even know who you are, and now the bidding wars begin, and we have Vaymond who's putting on his case, and he's basically saying, I'm the true heir, it's been around since the old days, and then we have Rhaenyra and it's her turn and she's talking and then before you know it the door's open and here comes the king with all his drip he's got that gold face he's got that gold cane he's got that gold cloak he's got them gold rings he's out here drip from head to toe okay and the man oof 10 percent is just walking through this long throne and he finally sits down and he's like, well, what the fuck is this business? This has already been established. Why are we having a conversation about it? I trusted you. I trusted this to be taken care of or, you know, to continue. And basically they all kind of agree. And then it's Rainice's turn. And Rainice comes in and she goes, I'm here to only solidify what my husband's wishes were, which was for Lucerys to gain the throne. And Rhaenyra has suggested that both of our children, that are my grandchildren and her children, um, betrothed one another so that it may, it may stay within the Targaryen-Valerian connection, tied. And I thought, what a great idea. Rhaenys, you did a great job. Thank you. And everyone is just like, oh, fantastic, wonderful. It was like filled with joy. But not Vaymond. Vaymond says, you can do whatever the fuck you want in your house. But in my house, we don't play like this. I will not allow Driftmark to be ruled by bastards. Oh. Hmm. Vayman knew it was his time because before we know it here comes old King Paimon to just slice him just enough so where he can keep his tongue and I thought oh bravo bravo fantastic I love it and so we're at the last supper and we see Viserys and when I tell you we see Viserys we see this old man this old father, this old husband, this, this old grandsire, we see you. But we also see that the side of you that it's being depleted is the one that's on the green side, which naturally they are sucking the life out of you. No duh. 
The Maesters in King's Landing are magical because how is this man who literally has rotting flesh, his teeth are bare, his eye is gone, when I tell you gone, and he has managed to remain with a pulse. There, there is magic in King's Landing, just enough to keep him alive, just enough, just to be right at the edge. <laughs> Never right over, just right at the edge. And so, you know, everyone's kind of having their laughs and their chuckles and everyone's being kind to one another finally until the boys, the Targaryen boys, well, the Valerian boys gift Amond, Chin Man. They gift him an old pig and well, he has not forgotten that he will never forgive you and he will never forget. <laughs> And so now the boys have to go because they're going to kill each other. So, yeah, funny joke, guys. The joke got y'all kicked out of King's Landing. Good job. And so now there's, we're suddenly visiting this tower. And it, you know who it is? It's finally that woman named Assyria or the White Worm. And let me tell you something. Before the season started, they made such a big deal about Myceria and how she was like Damon's partner and how she made Damon feel strong and they were both in this together. They made such a big deal about her character and we've only seen her, what, like twice, maybe thrice? And for her to just like live in a brothel, do the brothel thing, like what is her point here? How has she made some like big you know, a stride or, or a big chess mover piece. Like, I don't get her role in any of this. Like, didn't miss her, didn't think about her. I was just wondering, like, why did her character need an entire, like, interview and, you know, outtake and conversation when, like, you weren't even in the season? Like, I don't know what role you played other than just, like, being King Paymon's, like, potential second wife. I don't know, is that mean? Is that mean of me to say? I just don't feel like she mattered. I hate to say that because I do support women. And then we find ourselves in the final scene. And it's basically Allison putting King Viserys to bed because, you know, the dinner was too much and he was literally at 5% at that dinner. And she's talking to him. And here goes Viserys, right when you think that he got it, he finally did it. He gathered the realm, he gathered the families. There's about to be peace on King's Landing, peace in the realm. No, no, he can't do that. He has to go and tell Allison, who he thinks is Rhaenyra, that the Prince Aegon is the king who was promised to bring the realm together. And of course, this dumb, this woman, you know, I get it. She doesn't know that this is about, you know, a dream. So I, I give that to her. But still, like, I don't know. Anyway, he basically tells her and she says, I heard you, my king, you want our son, Aegon, to be king. 
And all of this all because of misunderstanding. Uh, I, you know, I just, I, too much poppy, too much hair on, and too much religion and, and like, lack of, like, further thinking here has gotten this woman to think that it is Aegon, her son, Aegon, the one who terrorizes King's Landing, the one who nuts on everyone, the one who spreads the jewels everywhere of that Aegon, the one who likes to see like children get beaten to death so he can get one off, that one. They deserve everything that's coming to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, those are my thoughts for today. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. And if you have any questions or if you want to chat, hit me up on hbxpod at gmail. Or if you want to interact with me on socials, please hit me up on hbxpod on Instagram and on YouTube on TikTok. Until next time. Bye.